Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Christopher. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks uh, for having me. Now, we were, we were chatting briefly there. You just came out of hip surgery, is that right? That's right. I will, um, one of the t- <laughs> funny way to start off the show, ultra medical. Um, me, I'm a disability social model guy, but um, sometimes, you know, some things are medical. Um, and I'll, I'll say why impact, well, anyway, look, what I want you to see is obviously not what I don't want you to see. We have to be real careful about that. But hopefully, yes. you might be able to see my scar. Oh, yes, yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, right? So that was um, four and a half weeks ago I had that. And um, I had bad um, osteoarthritis in the in both hips. Because I'm now I've hit the wonderful age of 60. And um, I think having short arms, I think any of the viewers or uh, disabled people would understand that I probably use my legs more than, than the average person uh, to reach things, you know, to grab things and, and, and what have you. My toe grip is phenomenal, etc. But also kickboxing for the last 27 years um, has resulted in me sort of wearing them out, basically. Um, so I just had a hip surgery. Um, I wow. don't know whether you're familiar with my subgroup of impairment, which is thalidomides. Um, we're born because our mothers took the birth control pill thalidomide, uh, the morning sickness called thalidomide. There's a lot in Canada, you know, 15 in North America, m- many in Europe. Um, but a lot of us around this age are experiencing having to need, get new hips. And here's what's interesting. There's a the person with short arms running through my life, you know, doing the things the way I do, picking up my coffee all well and good, doing it mat style. Suddenly, all that had to change when I had my hip surgery because you're not allowed to bend more than four. You're not allowed to bend more forward than 90 degrees. Like, and I'm like this, and I'm like, ah, huh. and I and literally that's my starter position to, to reach anything. So, thankfully, Julie, my very talented and generous and lovely wife, has been my rock, and I publicly thank her for the way she's helped me through this. But I'm free of pain, it's much better. Hallelujah, the National Health Service because it was all free. Okay, we're here to talk about my career, so I, I beg your pardon, Christopher. Well, well actually, on, on that point, you were talking about the 27 years you spent in, in the martial arts field. I mean, not many people know this, but you have a second-degree black belt. You studied Aikido, Taekwondo, Choi Kwang Do, and you practiced the discipline of dynamic self-discipline. That's right. Look, and amazingly, just because we had a read a re- in, our, in the office, those are the certificates above my head. <laughs> Of some of those uh, martial arts, yeah. When I was 37, I got my uh, black belt, my, my serious black belt. Um, and um, I suppose that was the hardest I'd ever worked physically to attain anything. Um, you know, the notion of the super crip, uh, the disabled person that pushes themselves beyond what what their body might consider uh, okay activity to, to, to get up to the level of everybody else who had the long arms in my case. You know, no doubt that contributed to my early wear and tear and my uh, subsequent hip operation. Would I change it? I don't think I would, Christopher, because Beautiful. I really enjoy martial arts. I really enjoyed bashing things, <laughs> um, the safe confine of a sporting environment, but experiencing the adrenaline of, of genuine uh, jeopardy, as in them or me. Um, not something that a disabled person is often invited to experience, you know? Yeah. Um, and, oh, you know, although non-disabled people might not know this, we actually experience it every day <laughs> in many microaggressions and different ways. But, you know, that's what I was talking about. So, yeah, martial arts has always been part of my life. 
My mum was a dancer. My wife is a dancer. I'm um, around a lot of people that like to do the, you know, do practice with their bodies of some kind of physical discipline, yoga and Pilates people and what have you. And these this goes across disabled and non-disabled people. Now, um, now, if I'm not mistaken, your wife was actually named Miss Coney Island at one point. I met her on May the 5th, 2006, on the stage of Sideshows by the Seashore down in Coney Island when she was Miss Coney Island. And uh, I introduced her and she did her famous act, The Hand, which is where one of the hands becomes possessed by the devil. Yes. And <clears throat> does her away, basically. And, <laughs> and also takes all her clothes off because it was a strip show. Um, yeah. And we've <laughs> been together ever since. <laughs> so with your martial arts career and your background, and I love these stories, you starred in a movie called Kung Fu uh, Flute in 2009. Now, you were compared to Bruce Willis. Now, <coughs> did any particular uh, martial arts study help you with that role? Like, was there, was Hapkido or Taekwondo better for you in that role? Or like... Well, it, Christopher, it was an interesting one. I mean, as an actor who does martial arts, I fantasized my whole life that I'd be in a fight film. And that, you know, would it be your Southern Kung Fu is not as good as my Northern Shaolin. I will beat you. And I love all those old fashioned Hong Kong films, you know. And yeah. I was hoping for a bit of that. However, what ended up happening was that the, uh, there's a, 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 a group of uh, film people and producers and actors in London that we might term gangster actors. Like okay. all their films are about the, the firm will do the bank job, gangsters, you know, drug dealers, you know, all of that business, the rough stuff. And it was those people that wanted to make the film. And their style of fighting is very um, post-MMA, in the pub, sudden reaction, headbutt glass, you right. know. So, so unfortunately, I didn't get to do that sort of well choreographed <laughs> stuff, which I would have loved to have done and could have done, um, but we didn't get the opportunity. And and I know it's a, you know, it's not the world's best film. I'm going to first admit it, Christopher. <laughs> Listen, I saw the trailer I and I loved it. it. The well, trailer's good because they got a special trailer guy in to oh. make the trailer. <laughs> and he got paid like more than I did, I think. Um, but it was more than more than worth its weight in gold because it actually manages to make the film look not awful. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful. Well, you say, but I didn't get paid. It took three weeks to do. I'll never be in an action film again. It had never been done before by a disabled person. I really wanted to do it. And so I did it. A lot of the time in my career, Christopher, I've done stuff that um, the sensible mat on the right-hand shoulder, if you will. Sure. Um, and the bad mat go, go on, Matt, do it. No, don't, don't. <laughs> um, I've kind of ignored this one and just done it. And um, that's got me into trouble sometimes, uh, which and uh, stuff I've regretted. Not much, I hope, thankfully. Um, but a lot of the times it's, it's, it's scored a, a goal, you know. Um, you know, the way I got American Horror Story was because Julie and me decided that we'd done a lot of... Um, sort of cabaret shows, we wanted to do a theatre piece and use yes. Beauty and the Beast, the myth, to house a story of our own romance around in a parallel story with Beauty and the Beast that got, I uh, did great business and got rave reviews in the theatre. We did end up naked for the last sort of 10 minutes or so of it, been pretending. Now this was the, the 18 plus show, and if I recall, you uh, were doing something or, or implementing something called um, Naked Wednesdays. Th that's right, I'll just get to Naked Wednesdays in a second. Sure. Um, uh, no, I've lost the point of that because Naked <laughs> Wednesdays it does help, does pull focus. So we had to be naked for the last ten, no, about thirty minutes of the show actually, but sex and then pretend sexual for the last sort of ten minutes. Right. 
Um, it was a story about us being in show business and about us being romantic partners. And so by the time we got to the lovemaking scene, it was a kind of pastiche of all the positions, kind of like the sex scene in the, in the puppet film Team America. Right. If anybody remembers that. In bad taste, yes. <laughs> but, you know, a bit of behind, a bit of reverse, you know, da, 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 da. we went through all the things because it kind of, it's a payoff to stuff we'd set up earlier in the piece. Of course. Um, and me and Julie are very used to getting naked and doing that. However, there are two puppeteers in the show um, and a director and a production manager and a stage manager. And we were all in the same room rehearsing. And, you know, especially in Britain, maybe not so much in Canada but in, or, or America, I wouldn't have it in Britain. You can't just get naked in a rehearsal room in a theatre piece and expect people not to be freaked out. They freak out. So we <laughs> said, OK, we've got a month to do this. How about every Wednesday? Everybody has to get as naked as they feel comfortable. Sure. And that's just the rule. We don't, friends are not invited in on Wednesday to watch rehearsal. You know, we'll keep it to the core team. We'll paper over the glass bit in the door and um, we'll proceed accordingly. So me and Julie were naked from the, completely naked from the beginning because we had to show by example. Right. And everyone was in underwear on the first one, comfortable enough. I think a couple of bras came off in the afternoon. And then by the second Wednesday, everyone had, you know, pretty much gone for it. The stage manager point blank refused to have anything to do with it. Julia was not playing ball. She just was like, no, <laughs> that's her prerogative, right? Of course. Um, but, you know, and, and I do maintain this when you, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the naked body. It's not necessarily a sexual thing. We have made it so in society. But after a bit of exposure of just talking about sandwiches or how you're going to get that effect, that theatre of what lighting you're going to use or what bit of text you need to cut or a normal rehearsal scene situation, the nudity just becomes nothing and we all realise that we can be comfortable. So it actually worked out really well. I would advise anyone who has nudity in the show that it makes the nude people in the show feel much better <laughs> if everyone can get naked. But good luck with that, because it doesn't look beautiful. Well, we've got to take a, a quick break here, but we'll be right back. <laughs> 